be relentless in your journey because if you know there's something wrong, there's something wrong. And find the person who will believe in you. I don't think that they were not taking me seriously. I just didn't think they were thinking MS. I, I don't know what they were thinking, but the neurologist took me serious. When he finally diagnosed me and he goes, now you know, don't let anybody ever tell you this is just in your head. So he kind of confirmed that I wasn't crazy. And I guess that made me feel like he believed me. Everyone has a story to tell, and we invite you to join us for the Multiple Sclerosis Diagnosis Journey podcast and listen to these unique stories. Greetings. This is Laura Koloskowski, and I welcome you to the MS Diagnosis Journey podcast. Today, I have with me Teresa Rousseau. Welcome, Teresa. Thank you, Laura. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure, and we really appreciate your willingness to share your story of how you came to get your diagnosis of MS. So initially, was there something physically wrong with you that sent you seeking answers from the medical community? Well, when I finally went to seek answers, I had started, it was about a year process for me, but many years before that, probably four or five years before that, I had some tingling in my leg when I was uh, shaving my legs. I had this tingling, this zip up my leg and checked with a local doctor that I actually worked with and didn't have any idea what it was. At my next physical, I checked with my doctor and she said, well, it might be something to do with prediabetes. So we'll have you see an endocrinologist. He had nothing to say about it. And it went away. It was a one-time deal. I didn't really pursue it. I didn't pursue it quickly until the spring of 2002. And I started to have numbness in my upper chest on one side. And then it went to the other chest. And then it went to my abdomen. It was just this numbness. I remember asking my niece to just to poke me to see if I really couldn't feel or what was going on. She said, no, I'm not going to do that. So you have, you have, you need to see the doctor. So I started seeing my regular doctor, my general practitioner, which led me, you know, to a different couple of tests. I mean, during this year long process, which was a difficult year for me anyway, I lost my mom in April of that year. I turned 40 and we know what that's like. And um, I was going through this body transformation and I had the numbness and then it went down my leg and it was tingling now and it went down my left arm and it was tingling. And then my feet started really giving me trouble. And then it came up my right leg. And during this time, I was sent finally to a neurologist. And he tried taking me off um, caffeine, taking me off aspartame, putting me on a Neurontin, doing EKG or EEGs on my arms to see what was going on there, and eventually led to an MRI toward the end of that in January of the next year. And I did an open-sided MRI, which I don't recommend because they'll make you do it over if you have MS. So I did an open-sided MRI and. It came back and it was sort of inconclusive. 
I was dealing with some uh, claustrophobia at the time. Now, as a seasoned MSer, MRIs are no big deal, but I had to have another MRI and I did. And then I went on vacation and I went on the a cruise, an adventure cruise where we rock climbed and we skated and we rollerbladed and golfed and did all of these things. And then when I came back, two days later, I got a phone call from my neurologist and it was in the evening. I'll never forget it. It was a 45 minute phone call. And he told me I had multiple sclerosis and he wanted to see me, but he wanted me to do research on the then four medication choices and then come and see him. So that was in March, at the end of March in 2003. So that's my diagnosis time, 19 years living with MS. It was quite a journey. It was doctoring, working full-time, part-time, and having to wrap my head around this new diagnosis. So did it feel like in this diagnosis process that doctors took you seriously since you were presenting with invisible symptoms, symptoms that you can't see or necessarily test for? I don't think that they were, this is almost 20 years ago, I don't think that they were not taking me seriously, especially the neurologist he did. I just didn't think they knew the earlier doctors. I didn't think they were thinking MS. I, I don't know what they were thinking, but I was just going to general practitioners and then specialists of other diseases like the, the diabetes. When I finally went to see the neurologist, I believe he had a clue right from the beginning because I didn't lose my sight. I didn't you know, have these drastic things happen to me. I just was having some tingling, you know, and some little bit of fatigue maybe, or, and although I didn't even know it was fatigue from MS at the time. The neurologist took me serious. In fact, when he finally diagnosed me, he goes, now you know, don't let anybody ever tell you this is just in your head. Well, it's in your head. You might have lesions, but he said, but don't let them tell you it's in your head. So he kind of confirmed that I wasn't crazy. And I guess that made me feel like he believed me. Well, good for him for affirming that yeah. what you were feeling was real. So yeah. were you familiar with multiple sclerosis before you heard that mentioned as a disease for you? You know, if ever I was familiar with it, it would have been a one-off thing. Somebody mentioned it somewhere. I had no idea what it was. I thought it was a death sentence. I really did. Actually, I'll have to tell you, Laura, my first reaction when he told me that was, who's going to shave my legs? I was going to say, who, it, was my, it was my metaphor for, oh my gosh, I'm single, I'm 40, who's going to take care of me? Right. Yeah. I mean, I, was, I didn't know what was going to happen. And then I have to say that I didn't pay attention. And that would be my advice to anybody who, who has this disease. I went on my medicine. I took it all the time and I did not pay attention for the next 10 years. That's because I was grieving everything that year. I grieved my mother. I grieved my 40-year-oldness and I grieved my MS. And MS took the third spot because I had work to do. I had to do my job. I had to take care of myself and I had to power through. When MS became a disability thing for me, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared for not walking anymore. I wasn't prepared for, you know, the things that are going on with me today. 
but I'm happy to say I'm still, I'm not 40. (laughs) I'm almost 60 (laughs) and I am still single and I take care of myself. I live alone and I manage with, you know, my posse. One of your earlier uh, podcasters said that you have to build your community. And I certainly have done that and, and am able to maintain living on my own and making it through this world. I have to ask, what about shaving your legs? You know, I still can shave my legs, although I have to sit down to do it now. <laughs> I can't I can't do it very quickly. And I do have to be careful so I don't cut myself because I wouldn't know unless I looked at my legs if I cut myself. So because I can't, they're so numb, you know, I can't feel them. But, you know, I'm in that, I'm still in that relapsing, remitting MS, probably secondary progressive now. But I still have abilities. My arms are strong. My legs should come back. I'm starting to stand again in physical therapy. I've had symptom-related illnesses for the last three years that have put me out, and I'm coming back now. So I still hope to stand. I tell my physical therapist I need to walk 10 feet, just 10 feet. That's all I care. And people don't understand that 10 feet is everything to a person who can't walk. It's a transfer. It's a going to the bathroom safely. You know, it's everything. So that's what I'm hoping for. Sounds like quite a goal. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any advice for people who might be on their own journey looking at MS as a possible cause of their problems? Yeah, I do have advice. I stick with it. And just because now I don't have hardly anything in my brain, any lesions, anything. Mine is total spinal MS. And it hasn't changed in years, but your symptoms can get worse. Through the diagnosis period, stick with it and and then do your research. You know, today there's 20, what, 22, 23 different medications you can be on. Find the one that works for you and be relentless in your journey because if you know there's something wrong, there's something wrong. And find the person who will believe in you. Still today, I need to, I had a misstep in my journey. I had um, a neurologist that I had, my, my wonderful neurologist retired, referred me to somebody else who didn't listen to me, who didn't listen to my symptom management. And I ended up with, ended up having to have um, back surgery um, because what I was experiencing wasn't MS. So long story short, I guess my advice is when you are diagnosed with MS, not everything that you will go through in your life is about MS. You will have other things happen and you have to listen to that and find somebody who will treat your whole person and then mentally deal with it. Grieve it so you can make room to dream new dreams. That is excellent advice, Teresa, all the way around. I would like to just close by telling everybody that I think Teresa now would say having someone just poke you to confirm that you can't feel something <laughs> yeah. is not the route to go in getting answers to your journey. But you've been listening yes. to the MS Diagnosis Journey podcast with Teresa Rousseau. I'm Laura Koloskowski thanking you and reminding you to be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you know when each new episode publishes. Thank you, Teresa, for your time today and your gracious sharing of your story. 
Thank you, Laura.